Okay, guys, today we maybe have one of the craziest episodes ever, like no hyperbole, I swear. Let me start by saying that the math therapy team went to prison for Pi Day. Like we crossed the border into Michigan and went to prison for Pi Day. Okay, I just want to like get that out of the way. But okay, let me back up. Some of you might remember season three, episode 10, when I interviewed Christopher Havens, a convicted felon who's currently serving a 25-year murder sentence. Now, like, the story is crazy. You have to listen to the episode. But in short, Christopher Havens was in the middle of a 25-year sentence. He's in solitary confinement. And somebody passes an envelope of math puzzles under his door. It forever changes his life. And he is now in the process of rehabilitating with math. And he has started the Prison Mathematics Project which is an organization aimed at helping inmates across the U.S. rehabilitate with math. Obviously, listen to the whole episode because there's way more to it, but that's a short summary. So Christopher and I have kept in touch over the past few years, and it has been a goal of his to actually bring Prison Math Project to inmates IRL one day. But the barriers have been crazy. I mean, like, First, there was COVID, but additionally, we learned that it's shockingly hard to get most correctional facilities to actually agree to allowing the prisoners to receive any more than the bare minimum when it comes to education. But this year, the stars aligned, and one prison called Bellamy Creek Correctional Facility in Michigan agreed to let Prison Math Project host a Pi Day celebration for their inmates. Okay, so you're probably like, that's great, but how did you possibly get involved? And that's a great question that I ask myself every day, no joke, and the simple answer is, Christopher asked me to host it. Trust me, when I got the call, I was simultaneously like, absolutely yes, hell no. But I knew deep down this was something I had to say yes to, no matter how scary or new or weird it sounded. And I knew I wasn't going to do it alone, obviously. The second I got off the phone with Christopher, I begged Sabina and David, aka the OG math therapy team, to agree to this crazy adventure with me. And they said yes. But like, truthfully, I think David said yes, just because he was terrified of what would happen if he said no. And I was left to fend for myself, like cruising on into a prison wearing full velvet with no one there to chaperone me. But guys, I'm so glad we all just trusted our intuition because we literally had a life-changing experience I know that none of us will ever forget. So luckily for us, Sabina, aka the true reporter she is, brought along a handheld recorder and we documented the before and after of our time on the inside, as they say in the movies. (laughs) I'm going to play you guys what we recorded and then I'm going to pipe in here and there to fill in the blanks. So what you're about to hear first is a recording of us in the car on a six-hour drive from Toronto to Michigan, headed to Bellamy Creek Correctional Facility on March 13th, the day before Pi Day. Okay, we just want to go on the record about how we're feeling about going to jail right now. <laughs> David, do you want to explain the context? I feel like you're good at it. Yeah. Where are we off to? Uh, now we are suddenly representatives of the Prison Math Project. That's correct. Having a year or two ago conducted an interview where Vanessa spoke to inmate Christopher Havens, who rehabilitated himself with mathematics. And he invited Vanessa to MC tomorrow's Pi Day celebrations at... Bellamy Correctional <laughs> Facility in Michigan. What's the vibe, fam? How are we feeling in general? So I'm feeling, I will say at the beginning, like the weeks leading up, I was like feeling kind of stressed and nervous about it. I was kind of like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I still feel that way. I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, are they going to hate me? Or am I going to say something offensive? Like that kind of thing. But I have to say, as I've been speaking more and more to Christopher and he's kind of just been like, listen, no matter what happens, it's going to be great. No matter what, we're on an adventure. We've never done this. 
So that's very cool. Number two, regardless of how it turns out, we are well-intentioned and we've done as much research as possible and asked as many questions as possible. And we're, this is what the podcast is for. This is like why we recorded the episode. And also I just feel good that you guys are here. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of actually now in the phase of like, yep, who knows what's going to happen. There's only so much you can organize when you're dealing with a prison. Like there's only so much you can organize and know beforehand. I'm kind of like excited for the adventure. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Leading up when you called me, I was like, this sounds like a shit show. This is going to be so bad. We're going to drive eight hours for no fucking reason. Like we're going to be in there for literally 30 minutes, which still might happen. It still could happen. (laughs) But now I'm like, it's just really weird. And honestly, I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah. And I do. I do have a good feeling about it. And like, I think it's going to be like, we're so nervous. We keep being like, we have stuff printed out for the border guards in case they ask. We are so prepared for the prison guards when they like need to take stuff from us. But I feel like they're just going to be like, come on in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could be totally wrong. I've never been to a prison before in my life or a jail or anything. And we're going to an American... You have? No, I don't think I have either. None of us have been to prison, so it's definitely a new experience. And like you said, American prisons, like, there's all this baggage. I really don't know what to expect, and I don't think we could really prepare anymore. Like, I think we just have to go. Yeah. And just act like our normal selves. Which is hard, because we, like, also, I will say, I did have a full dream last night that we went to the prison, but it was like, our band was playing, and there were all these people there, and Christopher was like, oh, you don't need a mic. And I was like, how is anyone going to hear me? There's hundreds of people. And then I also said to both of you, I was like... I was really scared someone was going to put me, like, in the hole because that's what you hear about always. And I was like, if you don't see me in 10 minutes, like, come look for me. But it wasn't, like, a scary dream, actually. But, like, I did have a whole dream about it. Mm. So I dreamt that during a show you got placed in solitary No, but, like, I didn't. But I was scared I was going to and I, like, told you. Because your performance wasn't good enough? (laughs) No, I... Because you committed a crime during the show? (laughs) Just the concept of the whole, like, when I was talking to Christopher on the phone yesterday, he was like... He just keeps saying... He just keeps saying... Referring it to the as the whole. Like he was talking about, he was talking about this guy Travis Cunningham that he wants to, that apparently is going to be there, and he was like, he was like, yeah, he's actually really taken on this role, and he's like doing all this math stuff on his own, and we couldn't get in touch with him for two years because of like all of the red tape of the prison system and how hard it is to get in touch with inmates. And he was like, and their mail wasn't working. And he was like, and for a while I thought maybe he was in the hole. And I was like, wait, I thought that was just in movies like fucking Murder in the First with Kevin Bacon. Like that's actually so scary. The people yeah. get put in solitary confinement. Like, I thought yeah. it actually really creeps me out. Yeah, there's, a, I think, a lot of controversy around that. I mean, it's a, m- a much broader conversation. But, yeah, if the whole point of a corrections facility is to help rehabilitate prisoners, but how much actual rehabilitation goes on. But that's what's cool about being involved in an, an event like this. And that's what's cool about what Christopher does with this project is that it is proactively trying to do something to help rehabilitation mm-hmm. so that's why it is cool to be involved in like yeah, but it's, this track I feel like we're gonna I'm nervous that I'm gonna get really upset when I like see how little they're allowed to do Christopher's always talking about how it's so hard to actually mobilize this thing because so the reason we're going to Bellamy by the way is not because he's there it's because it's one of the few prisons in the entire system that will allow educational work to take place which is actually really upsetting and he's not allowed to do this in his prison yeah, I'm also worried about being like, I'm deeply upset by Same. the state of this. Well, I don't think we should be getting too emotionally invested. In yeah, but how do you not? It's like when you see a homeless person, like I get upset right away. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't care. Like we're going because we care. But I think we don't know anything about any of 
these people. The prisoners that we are going to meet. Right. And you can't have the context on all of them. Who knows what they've done and how they've ended up in prison. And that's not really our place to be figuring that out. Yeah, I agree. None of us are going to be like, what did you do? Like, that's not the conversation we're having. <laughs> okay, do we have anything else we want to put on before we get going? I mean, the best thing we can do is just get comfortable with uncertainty at this point. Yeah, it's just an interesting learning experience. And in terms of the actual prisoners there, likely they have very boring, regimented lives. I mean, Christopher was saying this, like this kind of thing doesn't happen that much. They don't get right. visitors or speakers ever, if at all, and not often. So I'm just looking at it as, well, I mean, you're going to do all the talking there, but you feel free to pipe in. Well, we'll participate, but like you are the host, like yeah. you're the MC. We're here as but, part of the team. Sure. But yeah, you're the whole point of rehabilitation or of this project, the prison math project is to humanize prisoners and yeah we don't have to or want to know why they're in prison but they're in prison and the whole point is to not just give up on people because they've done something like they made a mistake earlier in their lives and as far as we need to analyze it in advance it's just we're doing something to help brighten their high day and yeah. give them something a little different in their lives and maybe be a tiny part in giving them a bit of hope. And if they're showing up to this event, then they're probably interested in math. So you're just playing a part in facilitating that interest level and just a tiny little thing that can hopefully help in their rehabilitation journey. But yeah, otherwise, there is no way to predict what it's going to be like, which is cool for us. Like, that's just an interesting experience that we otherwise would never have had. Yeah, the thing I'm most scared about, actually, is just how early it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a relatively early No, nerd. but, like, it's like we have to be there at, like, 7.15 in the morning. Like, that's early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm terrified about that part. Yeah. But I feel Several like I'll be so hours. I'll be so tired that then I will be... I'll be too tired to be, like, stressed, I guess. Oh, so. that's, a, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good point. Also, this event is two and a half hours. It's so quick. Like, I'm kind of nervous it's going to go by too fast. It's okay. We'll do some more debriefs. We'll do. This is great. Okay. Wow. It's so crazy to listen back to that now and to think of how young and innocent we were when we're walking through those prison doors. I mean, like I'm half joking, but I'm half serious. Before I tell you guys what actually happened, I need to clarify, by the way, that the border guard did not just let us cruise right into Michigan as Sabina suggested. First of all, I get so nervous every time I cross the border. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but you're just like, oh my God, they're not going to let me in, whatever. And especially on this occasion, because I was like, our story is insane. So we're about to go in and the guard's like, why are you going? And we're like, well, it's actually Pi Day tomorrow, like March 14th. And he's like, hey, whatever. And we're like, and we're going to teach math to inmates in a prison. And he he goes, why? And we're like, because we like, we, it's Pi Day and we're volunteering to teach math to the inmates. And he's like, well, why you? And I'm like, oh, like I'm a math teacher, this and that. And he's like, are you making money? And I'm like, oh no. And he's like, so then why? And we're all like, we're, have you heard of volunteering? Anyways, he finally, like, I was like, dude, listen to how cool this is. And then I told him all about Christopher Havens and he like, I don't know. He like raised an eyebrow. He seemed kind of interested. And then he was like, hey, whatever, go in. Anyways, now that we've clarified that, 
Here's what Pi Day in prison actually looked like. Okay, so I'm just going to explain to you guys what happened. So first of all, we get there March 13th. We get into Michigan, and we're, we need to be at the prison the next day at 7 a.m. Okay, basically, the inmates only have two and a half hours. The event starts at 8. It ends at 1020, so they can be back in their cells for count at 1030. So we get there on March 13th, like in the evening, and we're meeting this guy, Ben, who works at Prison Math Project. He flew in from Atlanta. He's like a 22-year-old math major. And he's the PMP representative. So he's coming with us. So his role is to do actual math with the inmates. My role is like to pep talk them and MC. We have a couple other speakers, which I'll tell you about. And then Ben's role is to do the math. So we meet Ben and we go out for dinner. And we're like, so Ben, what are you planning on talking to the inmates about? And he's like, have you guys heard of Halbert's Hotel? And we're like, no, what is it? Guys, I'm actually going to post video of him trying to explain it to us on Instagram. Just go watch it. He starts explaining this concept of like infinity and like, like, I think the first thing starts with like, let's pretend you have a hotel with infinite rooms. Okay. You have infinite rooms and they're all full. Okay. All the rooms are full. There's infinite rooms and a guest shows up to the hotel. How can you make room for them? Very fascinating. But like, we had no fucking clue what he was talking about. And he's like, this and that and the other thing. And like he's, he has no paper and Sabina is losing her mind. She's just like, what are you talking about? Anyways, this will come in handy later. So just remember that we were all just like, what are you talking about? This is insane. Like, good luck with the inmates tomorrow. Fine. We leave dinner. We're all excited for the next day. Me and David are like, we need to get more pies because we were bringing pies and coffee to the inmates. We go to a local grocery store and we're stocking up on like 20 pies. And the cashier is like, why is everyone buying pies today? And then I'm like, oh my God, wait, everyone's buying pies? And she's like, yeah, mostly teachers. So then we tell her it's pie day. We're so excited. I was just like, oh, I love that this whole town of like Ionia, Michigan is like getting into pie day. Fine, whatever. Get up the next morning. We go to Starbucks to get like all of these coffees. We have like four giant crafts of coffees and we're on our way. So we're driving and like, keep in mind, it's so early in the morning, it's kind of dark. And I want you guys to imagine this because I think I still have this image in my head of how alarming it was that like we're driving and it's like a small town and we're like, oh, I wonder where the prison is. And then all of a sudden, like imagine like Jurassic Park theme song music and all of a sudden it's like kilometers of barbed wire, but like that razor wire, like just silver glaring razor wire and like the biggest, like hundreds of giant floodlights. And we were just like, we're here. And it's like sprawling. There's like all these buildings. But like, it was just so alarming to see that silver razor wire. So much of it, so much of it. And these giant, giant, giant floodlights. Okay. So we get there and like, we get checked in. We meet Dave Dirks, who's our amazing facilitator there. We get checked by security. I'm sure you all want to know what that's like. And they did check under our tongues. So we had to like open our mouths, look under our tongues, and we had to take our socks off. Oh, and we weren't allowed to bring anything with us, like not even a pencil, not even a key. I was allowed to bring in my chopstick. Thank God. Okay. We go in and we walk into basically what looked like a high school auditorium and there are the inmates. And like they're seated at tables like in rows as though it's a classroom and they're just sitting there silently. Um, Well-behaved seems like a really weird word to say, but that's like the first thing that struck me. Like I don't know what I expected, but probably like something from Orange is the New Black because what else do I have to go on? And they were just sitting there smiling. We went in, we put our stuff down and I was like, guess we'll start. And basically I just, I don't, I can't remember what I did, but I do remember I started by just being like, I just want everyone to know that I'm really nervous right now. And they all 
laughed and I was like, okay, they're laughing at my jokes. This is a good sign. Like everything's going to be okay because that's how I usually feel when someone laughs at a joke of mine. And so we started. We started and basically the structure of the day was I gave pep talks. I talked about growth mindset. I'll tell you more about that later. But I basically just talked about why we were there. I gave mathematical pep talks. I talked about math anxiety. And then it was interspersed with video chats from Gary Gordon and Sunil Singh. And then Ben, Ben Jeffers, our pal, taught the math. So I'll talk about a bit more about the math he did. But he did like Hilbert's Hotel, the infinity thing. And then he did another math problem with him. And we actually did math. We ate pie, we drank coffee, and then it was done. And then after we were finished the event at 1030 in the morning, we got a bit of a tour. We learned some stuff about Bellamy Correctional, and we left immediately, got in the car, hit the record button because we wanted to capture exactly how we felt the second we left. Okay, we just came from the prison, Bellamy Correctional Facility. We're leaving the parking lot at the moment. I see a watchtower. I see barbed wire. Like so much. Yeah, we're just coming out of the pie day. It's 11.21. Not only did we do our pie day, which we had to wrap up at exactly 10.20 because there was a count that the prisoners have to be in their cells for at 10.30, um, but we also got a tour of the facility. So we have a lot to debrief on. The three of us, the OG math therapy team. How are we feeling, guys? Vanessa, David? Okay, so I need to start by saying thank you, guys. Seriously, like I really, I really want to just start by saying thank you guys so much remember we weren't even gonna come and we were like this is gonna be a shit show and like all of these questions and like I'm not gonna speak for you guys you guys are gonna speak in a second but I have to say like I I wouldn't have come without you and I'm so fucking glad I did because that was such a special experience so but seriously guys thank you like that was beyond what I ever well like I didn't even know what to expect but it was a million times better than what I didn't expect yeah, it was a lot better than I expected. And also, I think in a weird way, I felt very anticlimactic. Like, I think we were, like, so nervous and unsure what was going to happen. But it was actually just like almost any other talk I've seen you do, Vanessa. Like, that's what was cool. It was just actually pretty normal. I would say the audience was more receptive than my normal audiences. <laughs> it's hard to not go into it with like I'm sorry but like we are just completely influenced by media so our perceptions of what jail is going to be like of what an inmate is going to be like all of those things were in my head before and I think it was like I don't know when I was talking about like how math has been a gatekeeper for so many and so many of us are just taught we can't do things like so many of them were just like nodding along so I think it's like one of those things where it's like yeah I sometimes I'm like oh am I pushing it if I like you know in a math talk talking about this kind of stuff but I actually just think like this is why we started math therapy like this truly is math really is something that at its core can oppress or empower people like I really believe that okay David Sabina you guys go David what are your thoughts more than anything I guess I feel like humbled by the experience Mm -hmm. there's a, a lot to process because there's yeah there's like a room full of guys who are in there some have been in there for decades some will be in there for decades and like who knows what each of their stories is but today like without exaggeration could be the highlight of their year which is insane for us to think that way but just knowing like yeah hearing from some of the other people like some of the staff there's this stuff doesn't happen like this is not this is extremely unique they don't get visitors in and certainly no one brings Starbucks in like 
Oh, they Seriously. were stoked about the coffee. They kept being like, oh my God, it's so great. You guys brought coffee. And I was like, don't you have coffee in here? And they're like, it's instant. So this is so uh, good. They were so excited. That's why they were all hyped to try the oat milk. <laughs> I was like, sorry. I just still think that was the highlight for me is someone going, wait, they're milking oats now? And to me, and I'm being like, yeah, you should try. You know, if you're lactose intolerant, it's a great alternative. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't know, David, if you noticed this too, and Vanessa, maybe you did too, but when David and I were like at one point hanging out, we had brought in some pies and cookies and coffee for the inmates. And we were like handing it out to them, cutting it up for them because I think they're actually not allowed to like touch it even. Right. Because we weren't even allowed knives to cut the. What were you pot. cutting it with? Like there forks. was one spatula yeah. that the guy had brought out. And they were like, "Oh my god, thank you so much!" And they individually like thanked both of us for coming and for doing this and for bringing stuff. They were like so grateful, and I guess I didn't realize how big a deal it was for us to come there. Right. Like, yeah. obviously it was, I was more thinking about myself being like, Same. oh, I'm coming to prison. Like, this is dangerous. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. oh, this is a big deal. This is a way bigger deal to you than it is to me. At first we're like, oh, we're going to jail. How crazy is that? And now it's like, like David said, like this made your year or for sure your day or your week or something like. Yeah. And so I think cool. also too, I was like, ugh, I don't want to be this annoying, like savior coming. Like, you know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. Like I was being like, oh my God, like it's hard to like take not center yourself in the equation like being like mm-hmm. we're going to do this thing da, 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 da. and I was so worried about saying something offensive or coming across as like oh my god I'm some cool person because I've decided to come to prison and I really didn't want to come off that way because I really was actually like I'm actually thankful that you're like sharing your time with us like we're just some yeah that's coming in here talking to you about math yeah I felt so grateful to them I was like wow this is a big deal for you to come out and do this and also like just when they were doing the math problems, when you were talking, when even with all the videos, they were so engaged, so respectful, like really wanted to hear about it. When this first came up, I think all of us were kind of skeptical, but I'm so happy that we came because it was a fascinating life experience that Mm -hmm. I would never have otherwise had. And I think it really was extremely eye-opening to see what even the, the slightest hint, slice of life for a prisoner on the inside of a facility like that. And just to be in the same room with a bunch of actual people, it sort of humanizes the idea of inmates who are in for a very long sentence. And yeah, that we can't make too many assumptions or inferences about each of their stories, but just seeing them today, I mean, there's lots of problems with the system and like, the guys who are working in the shops that we saw, like, working a, an eight-hour day every day for, like, three bucks. Like, that's fucked <laughs> no, up. No, $2.62. Well, yeah. Okay, Maybe $3 sorry. Canadian. A day, eh? That's true. Three, a day. A so, day. Like, that's fucked up. Shoot. But looking on, like, on the positive, how he's saying they all love being in there yeah. because the alternative is that they would just be in their tiny cell, which is, like, probably, like, the size of this car, yeah. and just having no hope or purpose whatsoever and so like that's what's really meaningful to like even just to be a support role for you emceeing today you guys were a part of it you guys probably actually interacted more individually one-on-one with them than i did someone was like asking about like your engineering degree like all of us yeah so he was i think he was saying he's like early 20s and he was incarcerated when he was 19 and 
he was saying how he's like always been interested in engineering and he really liked math and science when he was at school and like I have no idea what what put him in, in prison but he was saying that he's going to be going home this summer I think which I assume that means like his sentence is up and so he was asking me if there's a barrier to pursuing a career in engineering and like I have no idea but it's crazy to think like this kid he technically could have a new life ahead of him right but can he I don't know like I don't know how that what the integration system is but I was speaking to our, our host about that and and like he'll have a parole officer and it does seem like they've got a lot of systems at this facility to actually help rehabilitate the inmates if they have good behavior and, and if they are committed to it so the guys that we all met today they're all level two so level five is very the highest highest security and she's like the level five is like on lockdown basically every day because there's like fights and they're like last week there was like a stabbing and they had to like set but these are like but that really happens yeah but these so that's like the maximum security these guys are at level two and they have a lot more freedoms because they've established a lot more trust could they have started at level five and moved down to level two? You can move up or down. Right. It's obviously way easier to move down. Like these guys are all at level two, but like they could fuck up and be bumped down to level four and lose all their privileges. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like there's a sign in the shop that they showed us around and they, so they get tickets and like it's like a point bid, like a demerit system basically. You get a ticket for misbehaving basically. And if you get it enough, you can be bumped down to a different level. So like, writing in a textbook you can get a ticket for because you're not allowed to deface property stuff like that it's kind of ridiculous I feel like because they think they're going to send a message out it's true yeah and like it was interesting even the way like I found the way that inmates were spoken about was really like what were they saying like even that so we went to the area where there's a lot of guys who do like shop like they make cabinets and stuff for Habitat for Humanity which is really nice but the guy there was talking about how like because I was like, oh, they make these beautiful, like, birdhouses. Gorgeous, gorgeous things they were making in shop class. And I was like, oh, why can't they just bring it to their cells with them? Like, as a decoration or kind of, like, a reward to be like, oh, look, you made something really impactful and you can keep it and it's yours. And they're like, oh, no. Like, they're going to take one strip of wood and turn it into a shank. And, like, and like I'm sure that happens. I don't want to be, like, dismissive of that. But I was just like, oh, my God. This is really, like... You're always thinking the worst. I guess you kind of have to. But yeah, that's like a yeah, tough one. I think unfortunately yeah. it's it is justified. Like, like that's yeah, yeah. from experience. Sure, I, I'm sad. sure. Like I've never obviously worked in a prison. I've never even been to a prison till today. But I was just like, oh wow, what a hard thing to do to go in somewhere. You know, you've obviously done something enough that you have to be put in prison for it. And then you have all these people basically Just being like, the worst we it. assume that you are going to hurt someone else and do something bad. Like, basically, really, like, not even giving you the benefit of the doubt. I, yeah, that's, yeah, it was hard to hear, even though I get it. I was just like, yeah. oh, this is yeah, so Yeah, it's dehumanizing, for yeah. sure. And none of us are experts in... Because, yeah, it, what else can you do? Like, if yeah. someone... So, like, we were in a room with people who probably have murdered people. Which is crazy to think. But I can't then also, even like I can't even wrap my head around. Yeah, but then also like we were also at the same time in a room with like a bunch of guys who were just really nice and friendly and polite yeah. and yes. and had a great time 
talking about math for a couple hours. So it's like crazy disconnect. But then, mm-hmm. in terms of like what what can society do differently? That's a way bigger question beyond our knowledge or ability. But that's why I just tried to go into it, just thinking, what can we do ourselves to just like make their day a bit better? Yeah. And yeah. I think we very much did that in a lot of ways. We can't think too far ahead in terms of what is their whole life. But even just for one day, because yeah, they don't have a whole lot of dignity in there. So I think that something that feels good is that we treated them with a lot of dignity and respect, which I think probably meant a lot to them. I also like makes me think of like, I don't know that John might met this. Of course I have to bring him up, but like he's talking about it in a different way, but he talks about how math is the great equalizer. And like just the idea of mathematical thinking is the great equalizer. Like in that room, we're talking about math and we're like the conversations are like, oh wait, that's such a cool way of thinking about it. And like, how did you come to that solution? Like it's kind of like everything else fades away and you're like, we're all just talking about how to solve a problem together. Yeah. Which is like very, it is kind of the great equalizer because actually a lot of them knew more about math than I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what was cool was like Travis, who is kind of the main PMP guy at this prison. When he first got in, he was really unfocused. He was young too. He was 19. He was, you know, angry, whatever. And math gave him like such a sense of calm and purpose and order. And now he's like this exemplary inmate he's become like basically a totally different person it's like oh maybe this should be a rehabilitation program in more prisons which is i know what pmp is trying to do but it's like wow like i don't think people would necessarily put math and prison together no never it'd be like the last thing and people always would assume that like we do that with math anyway we'd be like there's no way they can understand it like they're incapable like it's too advanced whereas like it's kind of the opposite. Like, I'm sorry. When the shop guy was telling us about why they can't let a, an inmate take a pen out, it's because they'll take the pen apart and t- turn the coil into something where you can boil water. And then they'll turn the other part into, like, a tattoo gun. They are some of the most creative thinkers. Yeah, and they're, like, so scientific. And even that guy who came up when Ben was doing his fucking crazy infinity Hilbert's <laughs> Hotel program. And this guy just comes up and did the answer. Like, had a way of thinking about it where I'm like, you got it. Like, this took not no training obviously but like you're thinking deeply about something like you can get there which is so cool yeah and even ben was saying like the problems he was giving them he's like yeah what's good about these problems you don't actually have to have technical training right but you can problem solve them which i thought was really cool and it was a cool mix between and what ben was doing and what your approach is because he's presenting these like complex mathematical problems and you are also balancing that like it's okay if you have no idea what he's saying because (laughs) even if you're trying to think about this ridiculous nonsense exploration of infinity you're thinking about it and that in itself is a good activity to just be like challenging yourself to think and you can only imagine how absent that opportunity typically is for them to just be like thinking creatively about just an interesting problem for its own sake and that was cool you gave Travis an opportunity to stand up and speak about his story briefly and then also field questions because you can see some of these other guys who maybe would have been hesitant to participate or get up and speak or something like he can be a role model for them and 
create a bit more connection and sense of community and maybe for them to think about themselves differently like you gave a, a bunch of really great pep talks as you typically do because yeah like we've heard you give the or I certainly more than anyone have heard you give like a lot of these speeches or pep talks many a time but it was especially resonant and and like pretty crazy for me to think about like what these the implications of the lessons that you're sharing with these guys who they're the people that society forgets the most hanging out with them I was like I didn't really think of them as listeners necessarily like once we got to know them a bit me neither I actually couldn't put the two together what David is saying is like yeah that disconnect I'm like yeah I know cerebrally that we are in a prison and you've committed a crime plus exactly like when you hear about this stuff which is the only way to be interact with it if you hear about it on the news or something it is completely dehumanized or yeah. the person is painted in a very particular way that is so incongruous with what we just saw so there is a lot going on and also, yeah. obviously, now I'm like thinking about all these things I wished I said, so we just won't even get into that. No, going, no. Exactly, we'll go into my imposter syndrome. We won't do no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you were great. You no, were really you were good. Incredible. Everybody you were was amazing. super into it. And like all the staff were so excited, the inmates were so excited. Like everybody was stoked. Everyone liked Like it. the warden came to us to be like, this was great. This sounds like it went really well. Well, hopefully the word spreads. I hope this is one of those things where everyone's talking about it enough that like, they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, it sounds like this is actually really good. Well, yeah. I'm sure those prisoners are going to go tell their cellmate to be like, oh, I just did this cool thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone was appreciative. Like, the inmates, but then also the staff. Like, yeah. They were all really appreciative of us coming and doing this. Okay, should I stop recording? Okay, yeah. Okay, did that make any sense to you guys? I feel like we're like all shell-shocked and just feeling very, like, contemplative and existential about our first time in prison. But seriously, guys, it was such an incredible experience. And we've all been thinking about it every single day since March 14th. And I wanted to share some of the reflections and thoughts that I've been having as I process how grateful I am. I mean, we all are to have been given this opportunity. The first thing I want to talk about is when I got in there. So after I finished telling them I was nervous and stuff, I started by saying, who's here for the math and who's here for the free pie. And, and they honestly, like a few of them were there for the math, but a lot of them were just like, yeah, we're, we're just here from the pie. Like we don't know anything about math. And then I asked who had math anxiety and a bunch of them raised their hands. And I know, you know, I always think it's so cool. Like often I give talks to teachers and students and I always think it's like very courageous to actually raise your hand and admit that, right? It can be something people feel very self-conscious about. And I feel like it really warmed up the room for everyone to sort of like keep in mind there are people in there that don't even have their high school diploma, right? And we know how pervasive math trauma is. And I'm sure convicted felons, like any other segment of the population, definitely have a high proportion of math trauma and math anxiety. So I thought that was really, really amazing that we could start off the day by saying, yeah, not all of us are here for the math. Not all of us are comfortable with math. And some of us have math anxiety. And that opened up the floor for me to talk about my experiences and to say, hey, that's normal. It's normal for you to have math anxiety in here and on the outside or whatever. Like this is a common thing. People have math anxiety and it has nothing to do with your capability to do math. And I think that was a very important message. I explained that I suffer from math anxiety in situations too. It doesn't mean I'm not good at math and that shouldn't preclude us from trying. So then I actually talked about growth mindset and I actually hadn't 
planned to. Like I actually didn't plan anything I was going to say because I just like that's who I am. But as I started talking about it, I was like, oh my God, we take it so for granted, especially in education. We assume everyone like just knows what growth mindset is, right? Which I actually think is a problem because I think we use the term a lot and a lot of people say it, but they don't know exactly what it means. And these inmates definitely didn't know who would have told them about growth mindset, many of them, right? So I thought it was so powerful to talk about our actual brains, that we have neural pathways, that you know we can change the way we see ourselves as capable as, uh, of math. We can change our responses to math. But what we were going to be doing that day for two and a half hours while it was math, I kind of was like, it's going to show you guys that we can change, period, that our brains can change. And one of the coolest things that happened is at the end of the two and a half hours, I said, because, oh my God, Ben had ended with his Hilbert's Hotel thing, okay? So everyone was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, do your brains hurt? And all of them were like, yes. And I said, you have all thought one or many more new thoughts in the past two and a half hours. It is proof that you can think of things a different way. It is proof that your your brain is different now than it was at the beginning of the two and a half hours. And And it was just, everyone just cheered. It was like the coolest thing because that's what I always say about math. Like, I don't care about the math. Like, fine, it's cool. But through teaching math, through helping people feel like an inch more capable of math, you are showing them that they have the ability to change to grow, to think different ways, to develop new habits. Like, okay, I'm getting like all like worked up now, but I I was really glad I went on that tangent because I was like, this is what it's actually about. And what was so funny is, as I told you guys, only some of them were there for the math at the beginning, but by the end, they all were. All of them were like, yep, I want to sign up for a prison math project. They all started like coming up with things they were interested in. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of them were like, yeah, I've always been interested in science and in solving puzzles. Another inmate who had a Scorpio tattoo, so I'll call him Scorpio, was like, you know what? When I was in school, I could never really pay attention to stuff. And I always got in trouble for not showing my work. But I've always been so curious about how things work. And do you think I can get an engineering degree when I'm out of here? And he was actually one of one of the inmates that got up in front of the whole group and you know was trying to solve a math problem. And he was like, hey, guys, here's how I tried to solve this problem. I got stuck at this step. Can anyone help me out? And so I'll talk about more about the math later, but I thought it was so cool that all of them are kind of like, wow, we have felt the tiniest inkling of growth. We have been challenged to think in a way that no one believed in us to think before, maybe. It was just a very, very cool thing. And I, it kind of made me wonder, what does this tell us about the way we teach math and about the relationship part of teaching math? What does it tell us that we walked into a room of inmates, most of whom do not think of themselves as mathematically capable. And by the end of two hours, all of them were interested in learning more. What does that t tell us about the way, a, you know, somebody, an instructor at the front of the room, or maybe not at the front of the room, makes it clear that they believe in their audience and in their students? So like, just, I was left thinking all of those things. Another thing I thought was really interesting is, so when Ben taught the, so Ben asked this question, okay, you guys will probably like it. The first problem, the first math problem we worked on, he said, so you guys have six different flavored pies, like apple, peach, blueberry, whatever. How many different orders can you eat them in? Now, some of you might know that the answer is six factorial, but most of them did not know what a factorial was. Now, some of them did because actually 
Uh, one of the inmates there, Travis Cunningham, he's been a part of the prison math project for a bit of time, and he does six hours of math every day in his cell. And he was there saying, if you guys have questions about how I got involved or you need math help, come up to me. So he did know. A couple of them knew, but like most of them don't know what a factorial is. Again, they don't have high school diplomas, a lot of them. But what was so fascinating is, and you hear this a lot about sort of asking questions like this where there are many different entry points. This could be considered, I think, a low floor, high ceiling exercise. You could know what a factorial is. You could know the formula to solve it, but you also can work it out, right? You can logic it out. It might take a bit of time, but you can. And it was so funny when he asked that question, every single person went to work. Some people didn't know what to start. Some We encouraged people to get into groups and to talk. Some people were trying to figure things out. You know, Scorpio was like, oh, I knew the formula for this at one point. And I was like, forget the formula. Let's think about it. How would you figure it out? Some of them were making tree diagrams, charts, slots. Like there were so many cool ways of watching them all try to solve the problem. And that was what the one of the coolest things was. Like it reminds me of Peter Liliadol a bit to be like, when you focus on the thinking, right? Like forget what the right answer is. When you just focus on thinking and collaborating and, and curiosity and wonder, they were all in flow. They were all doing it. And then when Ben was like, who wants to come up and show their work? Most of them did not have the quote unquote right answer, but they were all happy to come up and show what they had done and to see if anyone could help them build on that to get to the answer. There really didn't seem to be much ego or much like embarrassment of getting the wrong answer. It was the curiosity. It was the trying. It was the thinking. It was the collaborating that was kind of on display. And I thought that was really, really cool. Because again, like in school, things are so different. We're so focused on getting the right answer. We're so focused on marks. It's, it was interesting to see when you take that away, what's left is true mathematics. Okay, so the other thing is when Ben brought up Hilbert's hotel, okay, whereas me, Sabina, and David had been like, what the fuck, Ben? These inmates were all into it. Actually, one of them had an infinity tattoo, which I thought was so cool. Their minds were blown. Now, okay, look. If you ask a question like, a hotel has infinite rooms, they're all full, and a guest shows up, can we fit them in, right? Like in a normal math classroom, people are going to be like, what's the answer? They were, like the questions they were asking were great. Some of them were like, what kind of hotel room is this? Like one of them was like, that's like maximum security prison. Anyways, whatever, prison jokes. But like people, they were really contemplating it. They were really trying to solve the problem and their minds were blown and they liked it. They loved how hard it was. They loved how challenging it was. Again, like it wasn't about getting the right answer. It was about being like, wow, I'm feeling my brain grow. Like I'm learning things at my table from other, you know, my peers that like I've never thought of before. It was just very, very cool. Also, I have to tell you guys this part. So we mentioned in the recording that we went to like visit this like factory thing where they all work in and the shop teacher showed us a pen. He like pulls out a pen and he's like, you could never leave this pen like lying around. And we're like, why? And he's like, because they would take it apart. They would turn the ink into a tattoo gun. They would take the coil out of the pen and they'd figure out a way to hook it up so it boils water. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy shit, are these the engineers of our time, right? Like, it's like the the creativity, like, it's, it just blows my mind. Look, I know we're talking about inmates. I know we're talking about, like, something specific. But to me, it just shows that the most overlooked people in math are often the ones with the most creative ways of thinking, the most non-traditional creative ways of thinking, and aren't those the people we need in STEM fields? Like, aren't those the people we should be encouraging to think, to think out of the box, to like, I don't know. It was just, I thought it was so cool, but I was also like, yep, this is why 
we are missing the mark when it comes to math. Oh, another thing I was thinking is, because we all left and we were like, they need math therapy. Like, see what happened in two and a half hours. Like, you know, everyone learned their brains could grow and there was such high morale. And I was like, why do we have art therapy, but not math therapy? It's because we don't think people are capable of mathematical thinking. And the opposite is true. It's like, it is therapeutic to challenge your brain. It is therapeutic to show yourself you can grow and learn and think in a way you can't or, or you've never been able to. Like, that is therapeutic. When you're not results-driven, when you're not saying the only important thing is the right answer, when you're not doing it for marks, mathematical thinking can be spiritual. It can be meditative. It can be beautiful. It can be empowering. And that reminds me of what we're really missing. You know, Travis Cunningham, the inmate I told you about, he's in there for another, I think, 10, 12 years. He's the one who's been doing math every day for six hours. He kind of got up in front of everyone and he said, I know this might sound ridiculous, but, you know, once I started doing math, I really started seeing beauty in it. I really found it spiritual. I really found it to be a meditation. And Christopher Haven said the same thing. And I think math can be so oppressive, so traumatic or it can be so healing and so empowering. I guess like my final reflection is just, you know, I'm not going to get into all of their backgrounds and we certainly don't know all of their backgrounds and stories. But I remember Christopher Havens had said this to me on our episode of the podcast that like, certainly it's not because he had a bad relationship with math or was like excluded from the math classroom or anything like that, that he committed a crime. But it is a common thread. And I heard this from a lot of these inmates that they had sort of been overlooked. They were directionless. No one really believed in them. And, you know, Christopher said this, that he ended up getting involved with like a bad crowd and doing drugs and doing his thing because he just wanted to be cool. He had no confidence. And I really wonder, like, again, I always think of math as so much more than math. It is a divider between those who can and those who can't. It is the arbiter of who's intelligent. It's you know, a, a symbol of who belongs and who's deserving. And what if we, what if we took that a little more seriously? I think that's why it was so amazing. We were only there for two and a half hours. I don't want to be like, oh my God, we're these crazy saviors and we changed their lives. No. But I hope that that two and a half hours of knowing someone believes in you and knowing you're capable in something you might have been written off from made a difference. I mean, I have new thoughts every day, but I guess what I'm really left reflecting upon is how are we getting it so wrong? Just watching 25 inmates, some of whom don't even have a high school diploma, work together to eagerly and curiously solve a university level math problem just did it for me. When grades aren't involved, when relationships are built, when collaboration is encouraged, when everyone is invited to the table, that's when the most meaningful math happens and when the most math learners are able to blossom. Yet that is the complete opposite of what happens and what has been historically happening in most math classrooms. Anyways, that's a rant for another episode. But for now, guys, I have to say thank you for listening and thank you for letting me outer process straight to your ears. I needed it. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, every single one of the 25 inmates we spoke to filled out a prison math project form to be matched with a math mentor, which is amazing, but daunting for an organization that currently runs on volunteers and incarcerated members. So if you want to make a donation, be a math mentor, or volunteer at some other capacity, head to prisonmathproject.org. They would love to have you. Thank you so much for listening. I mean, I have so many other reflections. I'm sure I didn't cover everything I could have. So if you have a question, post it in the YouTube comments on this episode. Tweet me at the math guru or at math therapy. Head to Instagram at the math guru and comment on a post related to this episode. I would love to answer your questions and you will find the website to Prison Math Project. Plus, oh my God, we have some pictures from the day because there was a photographer there. You'll find that all in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned and happy belated Friday. day.